It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What needs to happen for the Vikings to go into Philly and steal a win on the road on Monday Night Football? That and more NFL discussions. It's all coming up next on Superior Sports Talk. Carol Evans sports anchor Reggie Wilson covers the Twin City sports scene nonstop. Luke Inman is ready to put him on the hot seat. That's what you got to do to me. Instant analysis. Yanked. Out you go. Post-game breakdowns and red-hot takes. The Timberwolves need a stitch. Reggie and Luke give you a daily dose of Minnesota sports with superior sports talk. Part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. And it starts now. Back in the lab, Reggie and Luke back at it. Another episode of Superior Sports Talk presented by Lockdown Sports Minnesota. Your daily 30-minute breakdown of everything Minnesota sports, which, by the way, you can now find streaming on your Roku and Amazon Fire Stick devices. So be sure to look out for our Lockdown Sports Minnesota app there as well. That's Reggie Wilson on Twitter, at TV and on Care 11. And Reg, it's the first thing you do when the schedule comes out. You find the two Packer games, and then you look for these primetime nationally televised games. What a way to kick off yeah. the Vikings season. Opening with the Packers straight to Philly for Monday Night Football. Going to be a lot of fun for what looks like a great matchup on paper. Lots to get into, but first remember, follow along on the Lockdown Minnesota YouTube channel hit the subscribe button and on twitter give us a follow at locked on min remember we're a podcast too free and available all platforms spotify apple you name it we got it tons of great choices over there ron johnson show the football party and more your one-stop shop with endless vikings talk with local experts do us a favor hit the subscribe button and drop us a five-star review all right to football we go vikes eagles plenty to discuss Let's jump into a little gimme one. I'm going to throw out a topic. You just give me the first response that comes to mind. Give me one under-the-radar player on each side of the ball that will be a pivotal reason for success if the Vikings do find a way to win. We know the big names, J.J., Kirk, Dalvin. How about somebody flying under the radar a little bit that could be a key catalyst go into Philly on Monday Night Football and steal one? You know, this guy is not really under the radar, but he kind of is just based on the level of production over the past few seasons, I'm going to go Irv Smith. Mm -hmm. We know that Kirk Cousins likes to throw to the tight ends, and he does a great job getting the ball to the tight ends. I mean, he started last game with two straight passes to Johnny Munt. He got a couple to Ben Ellison. You're like, wow, Like, what, what is going on here? We, we didn't think that these guys would get the ball first. And... That's his thing. He likes to throw to the tight ends. He had a really good uh, rapport with Tyler Conklin last year in the absence of Irv Smith Jr. And so I think this game will be a lot of him. You know, it's it's a it's a hostile environment, and he's going to need to do some things to kind of take the pressure off him a little bit. And if he has like a hot read that, you know, gets the ball out of his hands quickly and he can go to Irv Smith and put it in Irv's hands and let him just kind of make some things happen – uh, with his feet because he is a, a very athletic tight end. I think that would be something that that could really help Cousins kind of get a little bit more comfortable because, you know, sometimes he gets a little yippy uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> in some of these primetime games. And so I, I think that's going to be something that that is really helpful. You know, the, the last primetime games that he's played in, I'm thinking uh, Monday night against Chicago last year, didn't look great. Um that that Sunday night game against the Cowboys last year. He looked awful. 
And so I, I think he has a little bit of something to prove. He probably doesn't feel like it because Kirk is just steady Eddie. But I think if Irv Smith Jr. had uh, a game that that could help Kirk Cousins, that would that would really help this offense do some things that that they like to do on the defensive side. How about DJ Wanham? Oh, you know, I like that. So many guys, you know. And so many fans, I should say, talk about, you know, Zadarius and, and us alike. We talked about Zadarius, Daniil. You know, last week in that sack party, DJ Wanham got in on it too. And if he can do something um, to help that defensive front again, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, he's, a, he's a guy that is continuing to grow. You know, you, you wondered if he didn't have Andre Patterson like he did last year was his development going to be stunted excuse me was his development going to be stunted but then you know they bring in mike smith i was talking to quasi and he talked about how mike smith is one of the best in the business doing what he does and dj wanham seemed to just pick up right where he left off last season and it's it's exciting if you're a vikings fan because you're like wow like we know what Zadarius is going to do. We know what Daniil is going to do. But when you have DJ Wanham coming in and, and possibly, you know, ballooning his sack numbers as well, watch out, man. That that just makes things a little bit more difficult. And they're going to need the help because Jalen Hurts, man, the dude is is electric, whether it's passing, whether it's his legs. And really his legs are the factor that you really – you know, get a little bit more nervous about. So if he is able to kind of do the things that we expected, he had 90 yards last week on the ground. Like if he's able to, you know, try to get out and move around and you got other guys like Wanham or, you know, maybe they bring a spy for him or something like that, that's going to be helpful for this Vikings defense to be successful tonight. Yeah, DJ Wanham quietly led the team in sacks last year. You kidding me? Gets yes, one did. week one versus Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to the defensive line. Hey, if you want to have some fun as a Viking fan, go back, flip on the Packer game again, and just watch mm -hmm. Harrison Phillips and Dalvin Tomlinson. Don't get a lot of attention that they deserve because of the positions they play. They don't rack up a ton of stats either, but they were dominant for a variety of reasons, and they were a huge catalyst for the Vikings' defensive success against Aaron Rodgers. They're going to need to do it again. You just listed all the reasons why Jalen Hurts, the number one factor, both a dual threat on the ground and in the air. Those two guys are really the catalyst to open up everything else for all these other guys, especially the linebackers mm -hmm. at the second level, and free up a guy like Jordan Hicks to have a team-high 13 tackles because of those guys in the trenches. Offensively, you mentioned Kirk Cousins' struggles on prime time. Two and nine on Monday Night Football, the worst in oh, NFL Lord. history. The worst record with a minimum 10 games started in NFL history. Offensively, pick any one of the five offensive linemen. They're going to need to protect up front. I mentioned Jordan Davis last week. He's been on my mind. First round pick. He is so dominant when he's in the game. Only averaged 2.2 yards per carry. The Lions did when he was in the game. When he was out, 10 yards per carry. Huge difference. I fully expect the Eagles to deploy him a lot more than 22 snaps this week now that he kind of got his legs underneath him. That entire offensive line, though, both interior and the tackles on the outside, need to have a good game for exactly that. Kirk Cousins needs that clean pocket to step up into. All right, next one up. Give me one guy who will have the better impact on the game, A.J. Brown 
or Justin Jefferson. Two elite wide receivers, clearly though, right now after week one, JJ considered maybe the best wide receiver in the NFL. But how about week two specifically? Who's going to have the better impact? You know, it's interesting uh, before I go there, you know, when AJ Brown got traded to Philly, Jalen Hurts posted the video of their FaceTime on social media, like immediately. And they both were just kind of laughing. You know, uh, AJ Brown was like, let's go, man, let's go. And they, and they both were just giddy about him going to Philly. And what's interesting is, is they seem to have taken his arrival to heart because they looked very much in sync. Like that didn't look like that was their first game together last week. Mm. They were pretty electric together. And so that's a little scary, you know, especially when you talk about last week, you know, Christian Watson beating Pat Pete over the top deep, you know, could have been a 75 yard touchdown, but Watson just flat out dropped it. Um, by the way, yesterday uh, leading up to games, they did not let this guy hear the end of it. Like every freaking show, like Dan Graziano was in Green Bay and he was just like, look, it's it's tough when, you, you know, the ball comes right there in your hands and you just drop it. You know, you just let yeah, it go get straight it. through your hands and catch the ball. It's yeah. like, dang, yeah. man, give him some, you know, and, and Randy Moss, you know, because Hasselbeck was on ESPN NFL Countdown yesterday, like, mm -hmm. hey, uh, Give him some slack. And Randy's like, that's what they pay him to do is to catch the ball. And I'm just like, dang, man, whoo, tough crowd. Uh, but anyway, that was a quick aside. But, of course, I go Justin Jefferson because I've just been high on this guy for ever. Like, ever since I, I came to Minnesota, I'm like, this dude is the real deal. And, like, he's going to get his. I'm looking at his stats from last year. And against game in games where it looks like, you know, he was supposed to be bottled up, you know, what have you, like he still got his, you know, last year against Seattle, nine for 118 and a touchdown against Detroit, seven for 124. Um, and remember last year, it was like a point of emphasis to get him the ball. Everybody knew this is the guy. But, like, Justin Jefferson has great footwork. He runs great routes and still finds a way to get open and get his. Like, I don't know if they're going to try to double-team him tonight or, or what's going to happen. But I always go with, with Justin Jefferson. I just never bet against this guy. Like, just looking at his stats, man, it was just ridiculous. Just ridiculous. I'm looking at 9 for 143, 8 for 169, 11 for 182 and a losing effort against Detroit. It's uh, a video eight, game, man. Video yeah, game stuff. Eight for 116 against the Rams last year. That's no slouch. Uh, the the closer last year against Chicago, five for 107 and a touchdown. Like he was clearly the guy, but it didn't matter. So I take Justin Jefferson. Now I do think that you know he's going to have Darius Slay on him tonight. You know, they saw what Green Bay did, which was not cover him at all last week. And it was just like, yeah, that's probably not probably not a I good idea for up. us to do this yeah, tonight. I might yeah, want to try let's, something let's, different. Yeah, let's try to get him covered tonight. How about that? But I, I think he's still going to find a way to get his at some point. And it, it was it's, it's a tough decision, though, to pick him over AJ because I do feel like this is going to be a game where that defensive backfield is going to get tested for the Vikings. No booth which is a blow for them. 
But, you know, Pat Pete, Dantzler, Shandon Sullivan, Caleb Evans, like these guys are going to get tested tonight. And I'm interested to see how they respond. Do they pass the test? Is it just mm-hmm. like, you know, average or do they fail tonight? Because, I mean, so many people talk about A.J. Brown, but what about defending Devontae Smith on the other side as well? Mm-hmm. Like, this is not going to be an easy game for that defensive backfield. Yeah, I love how quickly Devontae Smith just gets forgotten after a pretty quiet performance in week one. Dude is a top 10 pick from Alabama. All Alabama does is just churn out wide receiver superstars in the league. Right? I'm not going to be surprised if A.J. Brown has a better statistical game, just given the matchup. I think J.J.'s going to get a lot of attention on his side of the ball after what he did in week one. And I think Pat P. is going to have a hard time matching up one-on-one with just how physical and big-bodied A.J. Brown is. Saying that, the question was, who will have a better impact? I think J.J., because he soaks up so much more attention, he's going to open up guys, Adam Thielen, K.J. Osborne, Dalvin Cook out of the backfield, and in the running game. I think the attention that the Eagles defense is going to have to put on Justin Jefferson is just going to open so many things up for the Vikings offense. So uh, statistically, again, not going to be shocked here if we sit here tomorrow and say A.J. Brown statistically put up a great game, but the way they impacted the game, I think Justin Jefferson does have the better impact when it comes to those two. All right, give me one former Eagle that will have the bigger impact on their former team. Jordan Hicks, probably the favorite here because he's the starter, led the team in tackles. Or Jalen Rager, he's got that revenge game thing going on. I'm just not going to be surprised if KOC draws up one or two maybe sneaky plays or trick plays for Jalen Rager against his former team. What do you think? Yeah, and for that reason, I'm going Jordan Hicks. Like, the dude was Mm -hmm. the most productive linebacker for this unit uh, last week, and he's just going to continue to be productive tonight. The only thing with Rager is, like, we watched last week. Kirk spread the ball around to seven different targets, and Rager was not one of them. Like, anytime you Mm -hmm. have a quarterback throwing it that much to so many people and you know your wide receiver four is not involved in that like that's that's a thing i'm not sure how up to speed rager is with the playbook yet you know like they brought him in to be the team starting punt returner and then maybe like you said maybe there is a couple gadget plays a couple plays that you know maybe they try to get the ball in his hands and utilize his speed there in philly but when he's not a main player in this offense, but you're talking about a guy who's a main player on the other side, I got to go with the other guy. So I think Jordan Hicks is going to have a, a game. You know, I think he's going to be productive. I think he's going to be disruptive. And he might be a guy that they employ to spy a little bit on uh, Jalen Hurts. He talked about how, you know, it's going to be a difficult task for them to, to corral him. And he, you know, he played with Kyler Murray in Arizona, and he talked about how different the two guys are. You know, uh, Kyler's a little bit more slippery. Jalen's a little bit more like a a truck out there. I'm going to run you over. Yeah. Yeah, and a speed truck at that because, you know, you have to to respect Jalen's speed as well when he gets in the open field. But he and Kyler are just two different players. But at the same time, when you you face an, an athletic quarterback, you know, like a Kyler Murray, that can't do much but help you when you are facing other athletic quarterbacks. Uh, Interested to see who they employed as Jalen Hurts, as the the scout team quarterback, you know, for them to get prepared for what Jalen can do. But, you know, it's interesting. KLC 
always seems to be prepared for the moment. And I just, I just think that he's going to have his guys ready to go. But when it comes to who's going to have the, the bigger impact between the former Eagles, I go Jordan Hicks. Kyler Murray versus Jalen Hurts. Kyler can run 20 times a game if he wants to, but he doesn't want to. He, he wants to stay in that pocket as long as he possibly can. Jalen Hurts, they will drop five to 10 plays just schematically for him to mm -hmm. get the ball on a run design play. That's right. his style. So talk about the, the key of Jordan Hicks and all these linebackers playing quarterback spy. Who's going to be the spy? Who's going to play contain? Is it Jordan Hicks? Is it Eric Hendricks? Is it a guy like Brian Osamoa who they bring in on a nickel sub package third and long? Uh-oh, we need speed on the field. This is when Hurts is most dangerous. Is it a guy like Lewis Seen who we didn't see last week? Maybe they bring him up in the box. Vikes Philly, Monday mm -hmm. Night Football tonight. You got Aikman and Buck calling the shots. Or you flip over to ESPN2 for a little Manning cast with Peyton and Eli. Hey, real quick, where does Buck and Aikman rank for you next to other top broadcasting teams? You're a broadcaster yourself. Who's your favorite? Uh, I put Buck and Aikman number one. One for me, number uh, number one reason is you know, Buck is from St. Louis. You know, got to that's stick true. With my okay. St. Louis guys, A little hometown. But but no, hero. I think yeah, I know. I think uh, I think I take them. I think Tony Romo has gotten a little down on my on my meter. Like he just seems to just be super excitable, screams mm -hmm. a lot, and and just kind of says some things that are just you know Captain Obvious like things now. And I, I'm not the really Lester's sure. kind of faded a little bit on Romo. Yeah, he was great I'm, right away, but the shtick is getting a little long in the tooth here. Yeah, they broke up Michaels and Collinsworth, so that's not a thing mm -hmm. anymore. Uh, Tariko and Collinsworth are fine. You know what, though? I, I think um, this combo of Michaels and Herb Street are going to be really solid. I'm on telling Thursday you. Nights. I like it. Yeah. I like Kirk. I mean, let's give him a couple weeks here, Justin, from college to the pros. But so far, so good. A lot of people bagging on that Amazon-only broadcast streaming on Thursday night. All in all, my experience was pretty solid. And again, I liked Herb Street from what I saw early on. Plenty more Vikings and NFL talk to get into. Next, we're talking about why there's actually some reason for optimism for the Minnesota <laughs> Twins in 2023. But first, with their win over the Packers, Vikings jumped to fourth best odds in the NFC to get to the Super Super Bowl. You can check those odds out and more with BetOnline. BetOnline.net. Fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games, stats, news, and info. You want it. They got it. BetOnline makes betting easy and is your number one source for all your betting needs. Go to BetOnline.net today to learn more. That's BetOnline.net where the game starts. And remember, when you subscribe to Lockdown Sports Minnesota, you're getting endless Vikings talk with local experts. Sam and Ron talk football every day on the Ron Johnson Show. Reggie Wilson gives you a sports anchor's perspective right here on Superior Sports Talk. And the Minnesota Football Party brings together the top Vikings podcasters in the city. Subscribe to the free Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast feed wherever you find your podcast and drop us a five-star review. Or find our videos on the Locked On Sports Minnesota YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button and leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. All right. To baseball we go. Twins, since we last spoke here, Reg. Went into Cleveland for that massive five-game series. They lose the first three. One of them, go figure, absolute backbreaker, heartbreaker, losing in the 12th inning. Then go figure, they win yesterday. Joe Ryan, another pitching master class. Watch them win today now to get back to five games back. Leave us all hanging for these last 15 games. But anyways, all in all, big picture, twins are toast, burnt, 
barbecue chicken. They're done. So let's try to find a, a positive here now because we're a, a glass half full kind of guys here. So twins were decimated by injuries all season long, both short and long term. But when they start next season off fully healthy, not going to lie, squad looks like it's got some, you know, serious potential here. Now, obviously, a lot of this is going to hinge on Carlos Correa, right? 35 mil. Does he test the market and look for more? What's the health mm -hmm. of Royce Lewis coming back? And can the twins even count on him? But if Correa walks, you got 35 mil that you'd expect them to go pay some sort of free agent and get some sort of talent brought back in. Here's the rough snapshot lineup for next season. Luis Arise, Polanco, Correa, put an asterisk by him, Urshela, Kirilov, or Walner in left field, Buxton back and healthy in center, Larnick, maybe Kepler, we'll see what happens with him in right field. Don't forget about Nick Gordon. And of course, Jose Miranda. How about the rotation though in pitching? Sonny Gray, Kenta Maeda, Tyler Malley, Joe Ryan, and Bailey Ober. I mean, pretty solid. So what are your thoughts on just the 2023 potential of this Minnesota twin squad? Yeah, I think it's I think it's strong. And you know what's interesting is is midway through or three-fourths of the way through the season next year, you could talk about getting Chris Paddock back as well. Oh, and so that would be, mm. yeah, that would be a nice add to the rotation. Although if they play it like how they played with Kenta Maeda this year, maybe he won't come back at all next season. Maybe he's more of a 2024 type thing. You know, they got the several more years of control with him. Um, but we'll, we'll see how that goes. But that would be a, a added boost to that starting rotation as well. But, I mean, look, they got a lot of talent coming back. And I think that that would be, you know, helpful for them. You know, even, even you know, possibly Tyler Malley coming back as well. That, that could be you know, an added boon for that starting rotation. It just kind of sucks. They, you know, kind of took a swing at them and then, you know, the mm -hmm. injury bug just kind of came through. But, you know, you like what you see from Miranda. Uh, you, you're you're wondering, you know, whether it's Gary Sanchez or Ryan Jeffers, like who's going to be that guy, you know, behind the plate. But, you know, if Buxton can have the type of production or more that he had this season and can stay a little bit more healthy. That's always the thing with him. You know, he went on that 10-day injury list, and we haven't seen him since August. Like, it, it's been it's been a while. It's, it's going on a month uh, since we've seen him. And so that that's kind of interesting to me. But um, I, I like where they are. I, like you said, Carlos Correa. Seems to be the the wild card here. He says mm -hmm. he wants to stay. I'm not sure with how this season is going to end up that he's very motivated to stay. I don't know. Or maybe he, right. maybe he is motivated to stay. He's like, man, no, nah, we can't go out like this. I got to run it back, you know, or something like that. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what he's thinking. But I think that they have some good young pieces, some some good pieces coming off the the bench as well. And I think they could compete. It's just a matter of them not, you know, messing it up like they did this year because they were looking so good at certain points this year and you were just kind of waiting on that other shoe to drop and then the other shoe did drop and boy did it drop. It, was, it wasn't like a drop. It, it was like a stomp, you know, that, that shoe just like hit hard on the ground and now we're like, dang, where, what happened? That being said, they had a chance to kind of control their own destiny here uh, with this uh, series against the Guardians and... Woof. 
Woof. It's just kind of tough how they're going out. No, it really is. And back to Correa for a second. If he doesn't stay, how do you disperse that 35 mil elsewhere? He was the big prize this year. A few years ago, as Josh Donaldson. Before that, it was like Nelson Cruz and a few other small pieces here or there. One mm -hmm. way or another, though, Twins are going to spend that money on a stud or two if Correa leaves and add to this kind of young nucleus. That just feels like if they can get one or two more of these young guys to take that big leap forward in their development, mm -hmm. Kirilov, Larnick, Celestino, uh, Walner, Brooks, Lee, Royce, Lewis, any of them, just one or two of those guys on top of what they've got now, stay healthy for once, and I feel like anything can happen. Sonny Gray on the mound, day game today, first pitch, 12, 10 p.m. Central Standard Time, do or die time, 16 games left in the season, back tomorrow to break it all down. All right, time has come, favorite segments here called What Does It Mean? We're going to go around the NFL and catch up on some of the biggest storylines from Week 2 action. First one up, what does it mean when it comes to the Miami Dolphins as legitimate contenders in the AFC? What do you think? Contender or pretender? Man, what? Man, that was wild, what? Man. Did you see Waddle, Hill, freaking Tua, 469 yards, six touchdowns. Video game numbers, man. We're playing six Madden. Six touchdowns. Like, are you kidding me? And, like, Tua still didn't look like, you know, a world beater yesterday, but, like, he put the ball where it needed to be. And he got the job done to be obviously uh, against was in tough Ravens and Hill's hands. Yeah. yeah like that mm -hmm. was ridiculous because the whole time we're watching all these Lamar highlights, he hits Bateman on the 75 yard run. He, he has the 79 yard run mm -hmm. himself. Like all of a sudden we're just like, wow, it was like 28, seven at one point. And the fact that the dolphins came back and beat them was ridiculous. And Tua and that offensive unit went, crazy like they went absolutely bananas so if you're talking about contenders in the AFC I say you put them there I think the the wild card is always going to be what is Tua going to do because I think the defense is going to be solid and he has the weapons Tua does to to make some things happen and so he's going to be the wild card whether or not he stays healthy one and two him just consistently getting the ball in his playmaker's hands where it's supposed to be. Like, you got Tyreek Hill just running free down the field. Like, all Tua has to do is hit him in the hands. And, you know, there were a few times where Hill had to slow up on his routes to catch the ball. And Kurt Warner says it's, it's more of a mechanics thing than it is an arm issue thing. Like, he feels like if Tua had better mechanics, then the ball would be a little bit more zipped, a little, a little bit more sharp out there to his receivers, and it wouldn't hang as much. But... I'm not a quarterback. I'm not sure how that <laughs> how that necessarily works, you know. But I, I think if if Tua can continue to do some of the things that he did yesterday, like he threw two picks as well, and they still were in position to win at the end right there. That was just kind of crazy. But if they, you know, two impressive wins beating the Patriots and then beating the the Ravens, two teams that you expect to be in the mix. Watch out, man! And the and the freaking Vikings have them coming up in a few weeks Oof. and it's just like yikes yikes here we go october 16th i think is the game and it's just like man in miami too that's going to be an interesting experience for sure so there's probably a lot of younger folks tuning in watching our show think about this a lot of people listening to this the only thing they've ever experienced in their entire adult life is the New England Patriots dominating the AFC East. They've done it for 20 years under Tom Brady, absolute mm -hmm. dynasty with Bill Belichick. And now all of a sudden, 
it feels like this new era now, right? The Dolphins and the Bills and even the Jets won yesterday. That AFC East for the first time in almost two decades just feels like it's entirely just kind of spun on its head. And we're getting kind of a new era here moving forward post, obviously, Tom Brady the last few years. All right, let's sneak one more in here real quick before we head out of here. What does it mean for Dak Prescott if Cooper Rush keeps this up, messes around, and wins a few more games? Remember, Dak did not look good last week. Granted, tough Tampa Bay defense. But Cooper Rush comes in and steals one against the AFC champions. Look, come on, man. What's funny, though, is Dak did kind of like the same thing to Romo. Like, mm -hmm. Romo was in there. He was the starter, unquestioned. Dak lit it up in the preseason. Everybody's just like, oh, man, Dak might have something. And then all of a sudden, Romo goes down with the bad back, and Dak comes in there and lights it up. And when Romo is ready to come back, they're like, oh, we'll stick with Dak. You know, so, like, this could be a, a similar situation. That being said, like, I think the game plans – have been solid. Like, it's a one-game sample size with Cooper Rush. And mm -hmm. he had the one game last year against the Vikings, and he looked great. He had the game yesterday. He looked solid. And I think, though, as teams continue to put tape on him, the, that Cowboys offense is going to continue to look mid because that's going to be something where people are like, look, the guy doesn't have the strongest arm, you know, he's out there, you know, not really going through all of his progressions and all that stuff, but he's doing what he needs to do and it's serviceable. But I think as the the year goes along, like he's got a long stretch that he's going to be in there for Dak. And I think once teams start to look at what the, the team is trying to do on offense with Cooper Rush in there, they're going to try to find a way to neutralize a little bit more Cooper Rush. Really, honestly, the Bengals just didn't get enough pressure on Cooper Rush yesterday. Like, when you have no, a young quarterback, when you have a backup quarterback, you need to rattle him. And the Bengals have the guys, Sam Hubbard, Trey Hendrickson, you know, DJ Reader in the middle of that defense. Mm -hmm. Like, they have the guys to go after him, but they really just didn't get enough pressure on him. And that's going to be the thing. You get some pressure on him. I'm not really sure what the quarterback situation is going to look like when Dallas comes to – Minnesota later this season but like get some pressure on Cooper Rush and let him let him feel the heat a little bit and if he's still the quarterback when the Vikings play like get after him they got some revenge right. after last season like he gamed them last year like he was whooping their tail last year and I know there are some new faces new pieces on this uh, defensive side of the ball but like that was ugly I mean, on Halloween, that was ugly. Like, don't oh. let him come in there and do that to you again. Yeah, everybody assumed with Tyron Smith going down with a big injury, supposed to be gone at least half the season, if not longer, for the Cowboys. Cowboys offensive line and protection was just going to fall apart. You got the rookie starting, Chris Paul from Tulsa on the left side, protecting the blind spot. All in all, yesterday looked really solid. You never know, but I would assume Cooper Rush continues to have success. They don't rush back Dak Prescott here too soon from that injury. All right, that's a wrap today. Back tomorrow, break it down more. Vites, Eagles, Monday Night Football Action Plus, Twins recap, and more reaction around the NFL. Remember, you got to like, rate, review, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Join us every day for another episode with your 30-minute breakdown of everything Minnesota sports. We're a podcast, too, free and available, all platforms. Subscribe. 
drop us a five-star review and take us everywhere on the go. That's the man, Reggie Wilson, on Twitter, at Reggie Wilson TV. Check him out every night up on CARE 11. I'm Luke Inman on Twitter, at Luke underscore Spinman. Special thanks to our producer, Matt DeBritz. Tune in tomorrow to Superior Sports Talk, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. For Reggie, I'm Luke. Until tomorrow, signing off. Be blessed. Spread love this week. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.